Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Shabbos, Dafnun Aleph Mer Aleph, towards the bottom, Tanur Abanan. Afalpisha Amr Ein Tomnin, Afil Wadabar Sheino Mosef Hevel, Mishcha Shecha. Even though the sages taught that it's prohibited to do Hatmana, which is to en- encapsulate a hot klirishon, which is a, a dish that was used for cooking. It's, a, it's prohibited to encapsulate that uh, even in, with something that does not increase the heat once it has become dark. If you did it from before Shabbos, now you're grandfathered in, and on Shabbos you can add extra coverings. Ketzaru Ose. So, for example, Rabban Shimon Gamliel said that one can take the sheets and place in their stead the glufkrin. Rashi says that uh, you can add extra coverings. Glufkra is a coat. So it's a coat, not just in uh, Old French, but also in English. It has a greater capacity to preserve the heat and perhaps even increase the heat. Um, but I don't know why it says Hevel um, Yoser. It's not called Mosef Hevel, because that you cannot do on Shabbos, uh, or even Arab Shabbos, I should say. But it's it's more, although it's still within the realm of, co- of the general category of Enomos of Hevel, so the coat has more than the sheets. And uh, I don't know if it's a down coat, but something that's very uh, protective to preserve the heat. And one can switch off, take off the, gluf- the sardinin, and place the glufkarin. Take off the sheets, put on the coat. Oh, notel esa glufkarin, umaniach esa sardinin. Or alternatively, a person can remove this, the coat, Rashi explains, during the summer months, if it's going to get too hot, you don't want your, your dish to get too hot, so you want to remove the coat and put on some sheets so it will be a little bit cooler. Uh, the, the, the added coverage is going to perhaps be a disadvantage for the, the culinary experience that you're trying to have the Kavad Shabbos. So therefore, that's also permitted. If you did it, Erev Shabbos, you covered this dish, the klirishan, the dish that you used to cook in, with a coat, you can now switch it to downgrade the heat preservation to sardinin, to, to sheets. Similarly, Rabban Shema Megamliel said, they did not prohibit other than that uh, urn or, or pot. However, if it was removed, the, the contents of your, your uh, dish that was cooked was removed from the klirishon and transmitted to a separate kli, then it's permitted. Hashda. 
Now that you have cooled it off by transferring the contents from the piping hot kli rishon, the, the dish that it was used to cook in, and you transfer that into a second kli that was empty, this new vessel is clearly cooler, and the whole concern is that you may come to heat it up extra, but you've taken a very strong step in the opposite direction by transferring the contents into another container, so there's no more chashash, no more concern that you'll come to be martiach, that you'll come to heat it up. So, uh, for example, somebody took their, their chicken soup and they wanted to um, preserve it so they could not do hatmana, but it would not be hatmana if the prohibition of hatmana, if the chicken soup was transferred into a thermos because that thermos is not the kli that you used to cook it in. It's a cold vessel in of itself. And therefore there's no chashash. It's going to come and heat it up. Of course not. So that's a kula from Rabban Shimon Magamliel. It's another leniency besides the one that we just mentioned of the, the heter. Once you got started with atmana and the der heter, you have grandfathered in and may do so. Um, you can switch out uh, to either make it stay warmer or switch to not stay as warm as you like. Somebody did hatmana. They were uh, encapsulating the dish with something that is permitted to take on Shabbos, something that is not moktza. Oh, Toman, so uh, the two aspects here, the hatmana is is the uh, the encapsulation from the sides and the bottom. Kisa is the actual covering, and for the hatmana, uh, it's machlokas exactly how much is necessary for it to be considered within the prohibition of hatmana. But at least Rashkenazim, we are lenient and. Uh, consider that it needs to be essentially fully covered for hatmana. Uh, if the hatmana and the kisui, both the, the encapsulation and the covering, were with something that is um, eligible to be moved on Shabbos, oh, or you'll have the same status if the encapsulation was with some material that is moksa, as long as the kisa as long as the covering was with some material that is permitted to take and remove on Shabbos, it is permitted. Now you come in Shabbos. You can remove the top, take out your pot with your hot food inside, and then put it back in. No problem. However, if the encapsulation and the covering were with the material that is prohibited to take on Shabbos, or even if the encapsulation was with a material that is permitted to move around on Shabbos, but the covering was not, so there's the, the access is blocked because your pot is covered with some material that you're not allowed to move on Shabbos. If part of the, the covering of the pot was slightly uh, exposed, no it is permitted 
to remove the pot and to return it back to the hatamono. Ve'im lav, eno no telemaser. If not, top of non alafim beis, it is prohibited to take and to return because you have an, an access problem. You have something covering your pot that's muksa. Let's take a look at Rashi. Back to Nun Aleph Nun Aleph. If part of the, the lid of this pot is not exposed, it is prohibited to take it, to take the pot. You have no way of holding on to grasp onto this pot. If you'll say, I have an etza for you, to remove the sides, well, we, we, we included in this case something that has the side coverings being a material that is permitted to move on Shabbos. So just peel away the sides. So you should be able to grab it from the sides and, and turn it to the side. And now that you have the ability to grasp it from the sides, you should be able to just lift it up at an angle and tilt off the prohibited covering, let it just slide off, and you should be able to access your food. Like the case that's later on, the stone that is on top of the barrel, you can turn the barrel on its side. Vino fellas, the stone can fall. And if it was in among other barrels, you can lift it up and turn it on its side. Vino fellas, and the stone will fall, and you can have access to your barrel of wine. The reason why it's permitted over there is because it was forgotten. You didn't intentionally put that stone there, it was forgotten there. Over here it's maniach. Here you left it there intentionally. You did this atmana willfully. Oh boy. Now you have a problem. So you can't just tilt it on its side or um, lift it up. And where there's a slight exposure on part of the lid. That's not the prohibition of tilto. Now you're not moving the kisui, the covering, even though you have an issue of buses. But what you're doing when you lift up the part that's exposed is lifting up the pot, which is permitted, and the covering falls by itself. So that's not considered that you are moving the covering. But in the case where the only way to move it is, is to essentially, if it's, if it's fully covered and you cannot grasp the lid, so then uh, you have a problem when it was put there intentionally. That's, that's what Rashi is saying and explaining the Gemara, that it's different from the, the case later on, fundamentally, the difference is that bosses, the Dover also requires intentionality, that you meant to leave it there, and then you have a bigger problem, you can't move it, you can't even tilt it on its side. Uh, he says, uh, right, 
If it was among barrels, you can lift up the whole thing with the, the, the stone on top and tilt it that way. You can't do that over here. You don't have that etza if the hatmana, the, the entire lid is covered with some, some material that is moktza on Shabbos because it was placed intentionally. But we do have the leniency if part of the lid was covered that you're moving the lid directly and the rest is moving by itself, so to speak. Uh, interesting differentiation uh, with the Chumrah of, of uh, Basis Lavra also being uh, not as uh, prohibited if you are directly moving the lid. Then, then we're saying that you're moving the lid which is what you are trying to do, and the rest is, is just agav. Whereas if the entire lid is covered, you can't say you're just moving the lid. You're moving this material that, that's uh, when you lift it up, and, uh, and then that would be prohibited. Okay. Let's see how that's asking in Shulchan Aruch. That's... Uh, Let's see. Oh, Rishon Tess, sorry, Rishon Tess. Here we are. So yeah, so the the If somebody did atmana with something that cannot be moved, taken but the covering was movable. Then you are permitted to expose the top of the vessel. You can take it off. That's permitted. And then grab onto the pot and take it out. No problem. It's, that's what we saw. And Sivhei, Shulchanach says, If one did the hatmana and the covering, with a material that is moktza, if part of the top of the lid of the pot is exposed, then it's permitted to remove it and return it. But if not, then not. That is what we saw in the Gemara. And the Magen Avram over here says an interesting thing. Magen Avram, he says, if the if, if if part of it is magula, vim magula, what if it's not exposed? So then what? What do you say? What's what's the psak? If it's not magula, what do we see in Gemara? What do we see in Shulchan Aruch? What's the din? Remember? 
not permitted to move it. That's right. That's what it says. Eino noto. Says the Magnav Ram, Nira li, vim einam magula, nira li, im yuchal litchov kush ulanayar shari. If you can wedge in uh, a toothpick and shake it off, so you can wedge the toothpick in between the lid and the pot, use a little bit of, uh, of uh, uh, what do you call it, leverage, using, making a lever over there. So then he says that should be okay if you can shake it off. That will effectively, uh, says Magnavram, be a hete. Like we find elsewhere, Simon Shin and Aleph Siftes. He has a right. He's not just coming out of, out of thin air. It's a magical het over here. Right? So let's take a look. What does it say there? Shin and Aleph Siftes. Peros hatmunim b'teven or b'kash. Shulchan says fruits that were uh, encapsulated, covered by straw or uh, something like that, that's muktza. Yochol litchov bahem machat, kush, is permitted to skewer them with uh, skewer, uh, uh, toothpick, vinotlon, and you can take those fruits. And the falling of this straw is called by itself, which is permitted. So, so the Mangaram says, this shouldn't be worse than that. If you, if you have the, the magic wand over here, you can do it, right? If you can get that, that uh, ability to generate that it should fall off by itself, it doesn't have to only be if a part of it is magule. Maybe that's all you can do if, if you have no, uh, no toothpicks handy. But if you have a toothpick handy and you can actually get it in there and shake it off the lid a little bit, make some exposure, then sure, then the rest can also be removed by itself as you move the, the cover. And interesting, why is that better? Why is that better? Meaning, it's... Uh, I mean, okay, so this is, this is a, a case that is given, right? We understand that, that uh, this, th that is the case. You can do that with your, your fruits that are encapsulated in this uh, you know, pile of straw. You can extract them by skewering them and taking them. It's called that you're taking the fruit, and the rest is a byproduct. You're not really moving that. It's happening by itself. Uh, over here, it's, it's a bold statement to say that it applies similarly, conceptually, the Magnavram sees that there's no difference. He says, look, uh, the, the whole point is that it has to be me'elav, that you are moving what you are trying to move. And over here, when you put in that lever, you are in fact directly hitting the cover, and you are lifting up that cover without moving the, directly, without moving, the, the straw on top, or whatever it is that would be muksa. So he says, fundamentally, there's no difference. Okay, the Gomar doesn't have this heter, the Shulchan doesn't have that heter, but they're talking about it without it, right? That that's, uh, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. If you're fortunate enough to have the, uh, the lever, 
then you can do it and it will be Nanar Me'elov, it'll shake off by itself and uh, you can get to your challenge, right? Okay. Back to an alpha from the base of the tap. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Nores shall pishton dako harei hi kezevel. So this spent flax that was processed is like zevel. Zevel, Rashi says, demosif havlo. Mosif havlo is something that you're not allowed to be tomen with. You cannot encapsulate. It adds heat. Even mibod yom, even before Shabbos. Manichin mecham al gabi mecham al gabi kedera. One can place an urn on top of an urn or a pot on top of a pot. And there's a little bit of a girsa issue over here. Rashi says not to be girs avalo. Kedera al gabi mecham u mecham al gabi kedera. You can also put the, the pot on top of the, the urn and the urn on top of the pot. It does not make a difference. It's all permitted. Vitach espia babetzek. can cover over the lid. Rashi says, Hanilush mibod yom. Of course, uh, you're not allowed to, to knead dough on Shabbos. So covering it with a betzek must have been made before Shabbos. Kol hanach menichin namin b'Shabbos. So it's it's uh, placed on Shabbos. You can place the kedera and kedera, mecham al mecham, kedera al mecham, mecham al kedera. All these options are de- permitted permitted on Shabbos. The tachas we have betzek. The betzek had to have been made before Shabbos. The dough. Not in a manner of heating up, but just as a preservative. That the top is cold, you can place it there that it should warm up from the rising heat of the lower utensil, lower pot. And the same way that there's a prohibition of hatmana for something that's hot, so too there's a prohibition of hatmana encapsulation for something that is cold. If it's prohibited, it's prohibited. But Rabbi hit and Rabbi permitted being matmin something that is cold, extra cooler from Rabbi. The ein miraskin miraskin loes hashelag loes habarod b'shabes. Rashi says that it's prohibited to crush kemoshim miraskin mishabrin the chatichos dakos barad. Glozov Belaz Kerach can't uh, can't crush it up uh, into very fine pieces. Not snow and not not uh, hail and Shabbos. Bishfil Shazubamimov in the intent to extract the liquid from them. Rashi says Mishum de Molid Bishabis. It's similar to malacha. It's not really malacha, but it's similar to malacha that you are creating this drink. You got water now. So even though it's just a change of of uh, state from ice to you know, solid to liquid, 
still uh, it's like malacha because you've uh, behold you have water now which is what you're trying to do but you can place the ice in a cup into a large bowl that's not an issue no problem over there Rashi says if you want to put it into a, a cooler for your wine no problem what was that? <laughs> Bring it down from the from the mountains. Even though your wine is sitting in this in this tub, it's filled with ice and it's cooling off, it's great. But that ice is melting. Don't worry about it. That's me'elov. That's by itself. You're gonna have water there, and that's fine. The prohibition is essentially uh, extracting water from the ice. That's what the problem is. Right. Okay, starting on the next pack. With what can an animal go out and with what can it not go out? So, what are we talking about exactly? Rashi says, The premise of this issue of what the animal can go out with and what it cannot go out with, different uh, so-called garments on the animal, is the, the premise is a person is commanded on having his animal rest. Shabbos, on Shabbos. Day off for your animal. And something that protects the animal that is called a tachshit. That is something that the, the animal is wearing, so to speak. Vi'urcha, and it is the derch. This is a standard feature of how the animal goes because it protects the animal. Vi'lo havimaswin. Critically, it's not called a burden. However, something that does not protect the animal is a burden. So, the issue here is giving the animal the, the day off and not burdening the animal. So let's take a look at Tosus. This is what Rashi said. Slightly different. Rashi says, Mitzuve, he's commanded. Tosus says, Muzar, he is warned. So, Rashi sounds like it's a proactive mitzvah. The mitzvah could be ambiguous. Muzar sounds like it's a warning. Dirsiv, as is written, lemanya nuach, in order that shall rest. In order that shall rest. This comes up two places. Take a look at the pasuk. Shmos chafkimoyed beis. Hasek says as follows, Six days you shall do your, your work. And on the seventh day, you shall have a cessation from that work, from your, from your action. 
an order that shall rest your ox and your donkey. Vainofesh ben amoscha v'aget. That should be uh, respite for the son of your maidservant and the stranger. Rashi says Gertosha is referring to a resident alien. So, Lema'an Yanuach. In order that you should have rest. That they should, they should rest. We have a similar Pasuk in Devarim that also says Lema'an Yanuach. It reads as follows. All these uh, should have a cessation for work from work in order that they shall rest like you. They should rest like you. So I'm not sure which Pasuk Tosus is going on. Uh, on the side, it's been to the first Pasuk in Shmos. Uh, both Pasukim say, Laman Yanuach, in order that they shall rest. And Tosus continues that this is, uh, this is the premise of our discussion. This requisite that the animals rest is what we're discussing. However, there's another separate prohibition, a biblical prohibition. It's somewhat unique. It does not have the same penalty as other Israel Shabbos that are de'oraisa, that are biblically prohibited. It's only a lav with malchus. Only. It's still not a good idea. Right? Somebody who is working his animal. He's uh, utilizing it to work on Shabbos. That is a prohibition. It's a losase. And that is not the discussion over here. Okay? So, what's the difference between them? Very simple difference. A person can be in violation of Muhammad Achabahemto, that he is. Uh, working his animal, burdening it. He's trying to schlep his bricks from one side of his property to the other. There's no issue of hotzah whatsoever. Right? It's not, it's not a hotzah. But he's doing machamachabahemto. But for this iser, even though he has no intention of working the animal, it would be a violation of hotzah. If, if in fact, um, if in fact you have something that's called carrying, if the animal is carrying. So, another another differentiation between the two would be Mahamachabemto is specifically for him. He's not allowed to work the animal. Whereas the mitzvah of Lemanya Nuach is that he has to make sure the animal's resting. So it, it's uh, it's very different. He he has to get involved. If uh, if a guy comes over and says, "I want to borrow your your animal for a minute," 
um, and and use it for my own purposes on Shabbos. Right. So if you for machamer, it's not machamer. You're not you're not working your animal. You're not gaining. It's nothing for you. Might be separate issues, but it's not machamer. But lemanyanuach, it's it's not being mekayim lemanyanuach to achieve this purpose that is is not being achieved if your animal isn't resting on Shabbos. So you got to make sure that your animal's resting. Rashi in Bacharis says a fascinating thing in explaining the Amara different variations of Bechar right there, the firstborn somebody purchased the fetus of a firstborn donkey from a Gentile the one who sells him, is not permitted to do that. All these different cases, all these cases, various permutations are excluded from the obligation to to, to treat this animal as a bechor with pidyon to, to redeem it, or if that is not done to uh, to kill it. Bekupitz, kol hanilamoli. Why do we need all these permutations? Tzrichi, it's necessary, says the Gemara. Ditan lokeach, if you would just say purchase. Hava mina mishum dekamaisi lo alikadusha. I would have thought that the reason why it's potter mina b'chera, buying this fetus from the non-Jew, is exempt from b'chera because you are bringing this fetus to kedusha. Ava mocher dekamafka le mikdusha ema likanse kimashmalon. I would have thought that if he's selling the fetus and taking it away from Kedusha, I would have thought there's a knas that he's penalized, and there he does have to buy it back and redeem it. Kimash Mulan, that either way it is exempted from the obligations of the firstborn, this foal. Rashi says, what are we talking about? Maisila le Kedusha, bringing it to Kedusha. Or conversely, Mafkila me Kedusha, same idea. Rashi says, Shetehei Shoveses B'Shabbos. Which Kedusha? The Kedusha that this animal, this donkey, should rest on Shabbos. The Kivan, De Mitzvah Ovid, Lekha I would have thought that since he did a Mitzvah, so there's no Knas. It's an amazing thing. Really an amazing thing. That he did a Mitzvah by buying this fetus from the non-Jew is not commanded in Shabbos. And this, this donkey, this fetus that would be a donkey in the future, is going to have to work seven days a week. Now that the Jew purchased it as a fetus, I would think that he's exempted from Bechera because, hey, he brought it to Kedusha. It's sanctified now because it's going to rest on Shabbos and he's fulfilling a mitzvah. Therefore, it's exempted from the obligation of Bechera. Which is an amazing thing, meaning what, what Rashi is saying is that there is a mitzvah going on over here of Kedusha. It becomes Kadosh. The donkey becomes Kadosh because of the Shvisa. Since the master is obligated to have his donkey rest, or any animal for that matter, as we see in our Gemara, 
So it, it, the animal achieves the status of Kedusha, becomes sanctified, because the owner is commanded in its Shvisa, Leman Yanuach, that it may rest, in order that it may rest, so it becomes sanctified because of his command, which is a remarkable thing. It's, it's not just that there's a, a stick. If you work your animal, it, uh, it's a violation. There are lashes, or it's, it's as hara ba'alma. Rashi's saying mitzvah mamish, like Rashi bas mitzvah, he's learning in a very positive sense. It, it becomes sanctified through the shvisa. According to Rashi, it sounds like if a guy has, who has a bigger shmir shabbos? A guy who has a, a big farm or a guy who has nothing? Sounds like in Rashi, he's, he's, the guy who has the big farm, has a, he's got a, ho, a holy, holy farm over here. <laughs> so more shmir shabbos. The man yanuach, he's, he's mekayimit. Whereas the guy, Nebuch, he doesn't have any animals. So, okay, he's keeping Shabbos himself, but he doesn't have all of these facets, no extra Kedusha. It's, uh, it's not just, um, if you've got it, don't. It sounds like it's, they, they enter into a greater Kedusha, it's a positive Kiyom of Shabbos. Remarkable idea that Rashi is saying. And independent of the prohibition of working the animal, which, is, which obviously it's, uh, doesn't need to be your animal either. Is also another person's at Behemo. Um, so yeah, so that's that's what we're discussing is is the the uh, in order that shall rest. In terms of understanding the 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 value of lemanya nuach, it's it's a it really is a key to understanding Shabbos in a broader sense. Just to digress a little bit, the Rambam in Hilfah Shabbos uses Lamanya Nuach to help us understand what is behind the laws of Muksa and some other prohibitions. So let's take a look in Perek Chavdalid. It says, Halachid Beis, the sages prohibited moving some things on Shabbos. Like that he, the, the same way he moves them on Shabbos, he's restricted from moving them during the uh, Shabbos from the manner that he's permitted during the week. Why did they enact the prohibition of Muksa? They said, the sages, when they were making this enactment of Muksa, they said that the, the prophets warned and commanded that the way you go on Shabbos should not be like the way you go during the week. The way you talk on Shabbos should not be like the way you talk during the week. There's a verse in the Vim. The sages made an enactment all the more so your actions, what you move on Shabbos, should not be like the way you move during the week. In order that it should not be like a regular weekday in his eyes. And he will come to lift and fix vessels from one corner to the other, rearrange his house. 
Oh, me bias bias, or from house to house. Oh, that's niavodim. Maybe I'll just start gathering stones. Kiot said by hand. Sharei hubato v'yoshu He's just sitting bored at home. He's tired of spinning his thumbs. Ivakish dovah she's asking, but he wants to do something. Venim shavas. And it comes out that he found something to keep himself busy with, and he's not mimikaim shavas. He's not experiencing the tranquility of Shabbos that he is commanded to experience. Ubitel hatam, and he is negating the whole reason. Ter says that you shall rest. So the bitel malacha has a purpose. Not engaging in, in creative activity on Shabbos is meant to facilitate a state of lemanyanuach, of tranquility. That is the goal. Leman, in order to that, you achieve the tranquility. The Natui Malacha is how you achieve Leman Yanuach. So the Rabbonon made a Takana because they're afraid that a guy is going to have a hard time being tranquil, even if he can't go chopping trees. And he's going to start moving Muktsa stuff and finding busy work to keep himself occupied, because that's what he's used to. And they're making an extra restraint, a fence around the Torah to help achieve the goal of the Torah, the Manyanuach, that will guide him more intensely towards achieving that goal, that he actually achieved the tranquility that he's commanded to achieve. So the, the Ramam explains that that's the, the Yisod of Muksa. The, the Ravid, by the way, disagrees. He says that it's uh, predominantly a, a restriction uh, that is a fence around Hotsa'a. And the Rambam did allude to that when he said, Mibayas from house to house, which could conceivably go to Hotsa'a. Uh, but that's uh, a disagreement about the Yisod of Muktsa'a. Perhaps one can conceivably find an afkamina between the two of something that's mochober lekarko. There's no chashash hotza'a. Uh, you, know, you have to know where, if this is part of the same takana or not part of the same takana um, as moksa. There might be some nafkaminas for that. But in any event, the Rambam is, is, is clear that this lemanya nuach that we're bringing by us as a kiyum for the person to achieve his tranquility, having his animals rest as well. Rashi says that facilitates a kedusha for the animal because of his command. So that is a, a very broad concept, this Laman Yanuach, uh, that also is the, the rationale, according to the Rambam, for the general prohibition of Moksa. Okay, so what is... What is restricted over here? And now we're going to get into a whole bunch of terms. Don't be terribly bogged down in definition of terms. Um, we want to really extract the, the parameters, the theorems behind it. So uh, you find different opinions about what exactly the tool is that we're talking about, which item that an animal might wear, as it were, but, but we really have to try and stay focused on what's behind it, uh, not the name of 
of the tool uh, that's not really nearly as important as, as, uh, as far as understanding the sugya. Okay, so the camel can go out with the afsar. So we're going to use the terminology of a halter for the afsar. Vinako bechotem, and the female dromedary, a camel, with a nose ring. Veluvdekim bitrumya, and the Libyan donkeys, with a prumbia uh, is a a bit. Perhaps an iron halter. But in any event, like I said, I don't want to get too bogged down in what, it's, what the definition is, but the various levels of shmira. This is really what we're looking at. Various methods of protecting the animal. Visus bishir, and a horse with its, uh, with its collar. V'chol bali ashir yotzen bishir. And all creatures can go out with their collar, and can be held by their collar or their leash, pulled by it. And it is permitted to sprinkle upon them with their, uh, what they're wearing and to be tovel them in their place. Rashi says, let's catch up on Rashi's. Bashir, uh, yeah, he says that it's a, uh, something that, that surrounds the neck, and there's a ring inside of this collar, and you put through that ring a, a string, a rope, and fold the animal. The whole Balashir, all the animals that have collars, like dogs, of, of trappers, and here Rashi says a really major thing. He says that you place this collar inside some smaller animals around their necks as a form of beautification. And that's okay. Rashi's okay with this. So we're gonna we're gonna wonder what the extent of that is, right? You know, once you're beautifying the animal, what if what if you put on, you know, a I don't know, a MAGA hat on your dog. Is that okay? You allowed to do that? Go out to the Rishas Rabin with that? It's nice, right? It's nice, yeah? So, so how, what's called Lenoy? What's called Lenoy? Or is that, are you burdening the animal? To know if it's, if it's a donkey, then for sure it's us. But you have to know, right, what, what's called beautifying the animal, what's a burden on the animal. Rashi is introducing the idea of Noi, and he seems to stick to it. We'll have to go through the sugya under what parameters. We'll see the round a little bit later. Tosus rejects it out of hand. But, uh, yeah. By Chazkatanus, Shinos Nishil, Tzavarim, Linnoi. You have these collars that are around the necks of these animals for beautification. Yotzim Vinim Shachin, Farsh Gemara, Mazmani Bimkoman, Kamoshahim, Bitzavar, Abahemo, Imnitmo. They can get sprinkled 
without needing to remove these vessels from the animals. While it's on the ne neck of the animal, if it became impure, you can just do the sprinkling in place. You don't have to remove the collar, you can just dunk the animal, bring it into the river, and you don't need to take off the collar, for either for Hazah or for Tvila. Gemara. My nako bechotem. What does it mean, nako bechotem? Amar Abba Bar Barchano, nakosa chaviyati. It is a female camel that is white. Bizmama de parzala. Mozil belaz, nokev es chotmo, Rashi says. So first of all, just the background, this white female donkey, uh, sorry, white female dromedary, the, this type of camel, is very flighty and hard to, to guard. And therefore, it needs extra protection so that it doesn't run away. So bismama de parzala is an iron nose ring. No, no cave. Eschotmo, Rashi says, you pierce its ear. Insert this ring. It's like a ring. So, because it's flighty, this white camel, female white camel, especially a nervous type, likes to run off, so you're allowed for it to go around with this object, this ring in its nose, to protect it. Because now it's not going to run away. You've, you've built, uh, we got the string on that ring, and you've got it, you've been able to hold on to it. That's, that's considered the Shmirasa. It's how to protect it. Viluvdikim biprumya. Ama ravhuna chamra luba. What are these? It's talking about a Lubian donkey. Bipage de parasala. With an iron bit or, or halter. Rashi Babakama says reins. Uh, different different interpretations what it is exactly, but the the extraction of the, the point is that this Libyan donkey, Libyan donkey, needs greater protection, and therefore you can you can hold it and it, it's not considered carrying, not considered being burdened with Pagi the Parzala, with this uh, iron bit. And uh, yeah, Rashi says that it's Mimedinas Lub. This donkey comes from Libya. Kemo Hakushim Valubim, the Asp Divayomim, an ancient nation. It's described in Divayom Beis Zain. So that's uh, Atosa says, Chamra Luba, Amra Benatam, the Luba Haina Mitzri. It's actually part of Egypt. So it is on the uh, western side of, of Egypt. But he says it actually is part of Egypt. Converts that come from Libya, do you need to wait for them three generations, like you do for converts that come from Egypt? Which there is a debate uh, between 
Tanoim, Rishonim, Rambam, Rabbeinu Tam, as well as Shulchanach Ramah, whether that extends, are we concerned about modern Egyptians or not? So presumably, Rabbeinu Tam uh, is, is understanding this question as, as not being uh, merely academic, but uh, are the Libyans included in the prohibition? Are they, are they a subset of Egyptians? So, Maiselah Bada, and the, the Yushalmi brings in this, this, in this uh, disqu- discussion, Pula Mitzra'a, Tafchenle Lubai. So, the uh, Egyptian Pula, Lashen Pula Mitzri, is the Egyptian full, Egyptian bean, why bean? Uh, so Lubai is is uh, considering this this Egyptian that he is called a Libyan, meaning a substantiation that it's it's a subset of Egypt. That the fact that he's a Libyan is not far enough from Egypt as part of Egypt, and therefore it would be under the prohibition. Uh, interestingly enough, the Egyptian term for an indigenous, the, the, well, I should say the, the um, modern term, if you will, for the indigenous Egyptians from an Arab perspective are the Falaim, which is similar to Pool, by the way, that, uh, that we're discussing over here. Um, Fula is like Fela, a Falaim. And the Egyptians themselves the more agrarian Egyptians, they consider it derogatory, even though it's meant to refer to the ethnic Egyptians, and they call themselves Masri'in. They don't like the term Fula'in, Fula. But in any event, so, so yeah, that's, uh, we talk about the Libyan donkeys, uh, perhaps that's considered a part of Egypt. Okay, so we've got a story over here. Levi Shadar Zuzi Lebei Chuzai, Levi sent money to the house of Chuzai, Lemizvin Lechamra Luba. He wanted to acquire, he, he sent money for them to acquire for him a Libyan donkey, which was a big deal. He was nowhere near Libya, he was in Babylonia. Rashi says, uh, uh, the next Rashi, Tsara Shadr Le Siri, they sent it back. Uh, they, they didn't accept the, the job. They sent him back with his money, some barley kernels. As if to say that the gallop of the, of the donkey depends on barley. Meaning, you want to have a good donkey, don't, we're not going to schlep to Libya to go and buy you a donkey. Just feed it barley. And you're going to have a local donkey be like a Libyan donkey. So, uh, Rashi says, They sent him barley packed with his money. They didn't want to buy the donkey for him. It's a six-month journey from Babylonia. They gave him an idea. They said, you know, we're not going to go to Libya, but you want a good, good advice? Buy a local donkey, a Babylonian donkey, 
Feed it barley all the time. And you're going to have a good and strong donkey, even if it's not a Libyan donkey. Okay, so these Libyan donkeys are strong and they need lots of shmira, or at least they can use lots of shmira, perhaps not need. And, uh, and that's why it's differentiated in the Mishnah. They need prumbia. Luvdekim be prumbia. Amar of Yehuda Amar Shmuel. Machlif nefnei Rebbe shel zubezu. Mau. So, Rav Yehuda Neim Shmuel tells over a story. And this story is going to appear multiple times. So let's look at the story. Three times, actually, in this short little Gemara. What happens? So Rav Yehuda, in the name of Shmuel, says that this happened before Rebbe. Rebbe is teaching the Mishnah. And he says, okay, you've got different animals. You've got the camel with the halter and the white the, the white female camel with the nose ring and the Libyan donkeys with the, the iron bit and the, the horse with the, with the rope, the collar and rope. What if you switch? So, Nakaba asked to look to switch the flighty white camel and use the lower level of shmira of a regular halter, that's not a question. Kibinda Lamintra Bay, Masui, since it's not adequate to afford protection because it is so flighty, this white female camel likes to run, it needs a nose ring, so it's for sure is a burden because it doesn't do the job. Yeah, Masui. Kidiboyloch, Gamma Bechotem, Mai. The real question is that you're asking a camel with a nose ring. The camel, the male camel, seems to be more relaxed. Not so flighty. Are you allowed to use the nose ring to guard it? It's enough to just use this halter. And therefore, is the nose ring a burden? Perhaps it does do the job. It's a little bit of overkill. You don't need it to protect the animal. But it is protecting the animal. Is it not called a masui? That is the question. So Omar the phone of Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Shmuel said to Rabbi, in the name of his, uh, the son of Rabbi Yossi, in the name of his father, Rabbi Yossi, four animals are allowed to go out, and it's not considered a burden, not hotza, when they go out with the halter. Hasus, Raperet, Vagamal, Vachamar. A horse, a donkey, a camel, uh, a mule, uh, all four are permitted to go out with a halter. What is it coming to exclude? It seems to be excluding the camel with a nose ring. Lo, Rebbe answered back to Rabbi Shmuel, It's not coming to exclude the added shmira of a camel, a male camel with the nose ring, it's coming to exclude the nako ba'afsar, the flighty white female camel that needs to have the nose ring and it's not adequate to protect it with a halter. So that's what it's coming to exclude. 
So that was Rebbe's response. Bimasnisa Tano, and we have a Brisa that, that taught, Luvdikim Vigamal Yotzim Ba'afsa. The Lubian donkeys, Libyan donkeys, and camels can go, through, go, out, go out with a halter. So, right, so we have this Brisa that seems to be a great equalizer that Rabbi Shmuel, in the name of Rabbi Yossi's father, said that the horse and the mule and the camel and the donkey can all go out with a halter. So looking back at our Mishnah, we only had the camel going out with a halter. And uh, we spoke about a specific type of mule, and we talked about a horse going out with a shear, with, with the uh, collar and, and the string on that. But a halter would be okay also, if you want to do instead. That's what this uh, Bryce is teaching. Uh, the, the question is exactly what the, the implication of this Brisa is, and that seems to be a debate between Rabbi Shmuel in the name of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi. And Rabbi seems to be uh, leaning towards leniency, saying it's not excluding Niti Rusa Yaserta, the Nako Bechotem, that, uh, I'm sorry, Goma Bechotem, it's not excluding prohibiting the case of the camel with the added protection of the nose ring. So that would be saying, according to Rebbe, that you have that leeway. It would be permitted. That was Rebbe's interpretation, that as long as it's doing the job, even if it's overkill, it wouldn't be called hotsah. And and he deflected the implication of this brisa, of, of the, the teaching from Rebbe Yossi, and he said it was to exclude Nakaba Afsar, which is not enough. If it's under underwhelming protection, it's not going to do the job. This white female camel needs a lot of protection, so without the ring, you're out of business. The halter is just a burden. It's not doing the job. That's the way Rebbe learned. Kitanoi. This would seem to be in accord with the Machlokas Tanoi. Ein An animal cannot go out with the collar. Chananya Omer, Yotze Hananiah says it can go out with a collar. With, with, with and with anything that guards it. So Hananiah is more lenient. What is the case? Let's try and analyze this debate. If you're talking about a large animal, is it enough to guard, to protect a large animal with just the... The this uh, collar, this type of collar, it it's different than the shear. The shear is uh, is obviously a stronger material than soge. Because that in the Mishnah we said the sus is protected with the shear, and uh, over here we're we're discussing a soge, which is a smaller collar, a, a thinner, uh, more flimsy collar. Elo the elo tano. So do you want to say we're not talking about a large animal, that it's not enough to have a soger? We're talking about a small animal. Is there a small animal that a collar is not enough to protect it? What was that? Okay, so, so the Gemara concludes, We're talking about a cat. A cat with a collar. That's going to be the debate. This is where they're fighting. 
that the Tanakamo holds Ein Chayotzebesoger. It's talking about the cat cannot go out with this. So the Gemara explains Tanakamo Sove Kivon Desagila Bimisna Bealma Masoiha. Since it's enough for this cat to be protected with Misna, it's a Chevel Katan, a thin little twine. It doesn't need this, uh, this collar. So then it's considered a burden for the cat. Even though it is overkill for the cat, doesn't need this amount of protection, but it is functional in protecting the cat. So therefore, it's, it's enough uh, called uh, servicing the cat that it's not called a masu, not a burden. So this is a debate that is uh, similar to the debate that Rebbe seemed to be permitting a masu yasera, whereas Rebbe Shmuel and Rebbe Yossi seem to be prohibiting masu yasera, the, the added burden, even though it's functional as a shmira. It's protecting the animal, but it's more than necessary. Amar Ravuna Barchia Amar Shmuel Halacha Kechananya. Ravuna Barchia, in the name of Shmuel, says the halacha is in accordance with Hananya, the lenient one, which would also be in accordance with Rebbe, and against the Tanakamo, and against Rabbi Shmuel in the name of Rabbi Yossi, just to stack up the teams over here. So Shmuel is going that way. Um, in terms of the, the Psaq, Rabbeinu Hananel says, Vikarmalon Kirbiosi. We don't paskin like Hananel or Rebbe, we paskin like Kirbiosi. So that's, uh, that's also Atosus paskins, top of Nambez Manalev. Amar Shmuel Halacha Kehananel, Pirish Rabbeinu Hananel, Halacha Kirav, Rav against Shmuel. Okay. Um, any overkill, any extra protection is subject to the prohibition. It's not called um, servicing the animal, but rather a burden and prohibited. So that's how they're paskining. Uh, not everybody paskins that way, although most certainly do. The Me'iri actually quotes that the Raivid does paskin like Hananya, uh, as well as some Chachmei Rishonim in Catalonia, also paskin like Hananya. Uh, although they have a different interpretation of Hananya. But uh, the Ramam Paskins, like Rav, being stringent, as does Shulchan Aruch, uh, that Shmira Yisera and Tirusa Yiserta is prohibited, uh, even though it is functional, but it's, it's overkill. However, he says it has to be m- very much an overkill. If it's just a little extra, that's okay. And that, that also we find in Tosos. Uh, he, although Shulchan Aruch speaks it out in a, in a very clear way. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, interesting that the Raivid does paskin like Hananya. Me'iri quotes it. 
I didn't see a Ravid in a Hasaga on the Rambam, so I'm not sure where you found the Ravid. You know, some other place. But uh, here he quotes the Ravid that, uh, that says that that's how to pass in. Um, he also says, Meiri says, Hemidua bechatul shedayu b'masna ba'almo. He says, um, the reason why it shows the the chatul is uh, is because oh, I'm sorry, the the uh, not the Meiri, it's the Ridva. Ridva says the reason why it chose, chose chatul. He says an interesting reasoning. Why do we choose, choose the cat more than any other small animal? Because the cat is a house cat, it is somewhat domesticated, so therefore it's enough with this thin thin string as opposed to a greater protection whereas another smaller animal of that size uh, if it would be wild in fact would need anyway the collar so there you have it that uh, the difference between the uh, feral cat and the uh, domesticated cat okay so so yeah that's um Okay, going back to the, the Gemara over here. Levi bereid Ravuna barchiyav rabba baravuna avakazli beorcha. Levi, the son of Ravuna, the son of Chia, and Rabba baravuna were traveling together. Kadme chamrod Levi and Levi's donkey ran up ahead. The Rabba baravuna ahead of Rabba baravuna. Cholosh daitz Rabba baravuna. Baravuna, and Rabba Baravuna, who was the uh, uh, Godel Benehem, was distraught, disturbed. Rashi says, "Shai Godel, Kesover Shasamidas." He thought, "What a chutzpah! This guy, this Levi upstart, is uh, is running up ahead. Who does he think he is?" Amar, Emale Milsa. So Levi. Uh, the son of Rav Huna Barchia says, I'll go and try and appease him. I'll tell him something. In order they should come down. Rashi says, I'm going to explain to him that it was unintentional. What did he do? How did he work his way out of this? A donkey that is... Uh, Untrained and wild, like this one. Is it allowed to go out on Shabbos with the Prumya, with the extra Shmira, this iron bit on Shabbos? So he was clearly implying that it was not listening to him. Lady was saying, This, this wild donkey ran up ahead. Hey, what about it? Am I allowed to, to, to go? Is it caring or am I allowed to have this animal uh, go with it, this iron bit in the mouth on Shabbos? So, 
Rabbah, Barav Huna said, this is what your father said in the name of Shmuel, Halacha Gechananya. The Halacha is in accord with Chananya. So, that's what Rav Huna uh, Barchia said. And, and that's uh, also um, what Rabbah Bar Rav Huna said, told told Levi, his son, this is what your father said, the halacha is like Shmuel. I'm sorry, the halacha is like Hananiah. And therefore, even if it is Shmir Yaseira, even if it is overkill in terms of protection, it doesn't matter. Rashi says, It's, a, it's an irrelevant question. Since we passed in like Hananiah, therefore, even though it's too much protection, it's not a maswe, it's not a burden, so, um, Tosos points out on this story that it certainly implies that there is a requisite of honoring while in transit. Otherwise, what is Rabbah Rav Huna being uh, disturbed by? It's, if there's no Din Kavid in, while tra- in transit, so then it should be relevant. So he says also in Yuma If there are three traveling together, the Rav is in the middle, the greater one is to his right, the Kadam is smaller, and the smaller one travels to his left. So there's an entourage of three, the Gadol is in the middle, then number two is on the right of the Gadol, and the third one is on the left of the Gadol. So too we find described by the ministering angels, Shabbo Avram, that they also traveled in that manner when they came to visit Avram, the third day of his meal. The Hikshra bin Atam, the Perak Shlosha Sha'achlim, Brochus Memzayim, Masik De'en Machabin, Elo Pesach, Haroyla Mezuzah. Over there it says you don't have to be Machabid unless it's by a Pesach, an entryway that's, that is of Yishuv, Royla Mezuzah, not in the Derech. The Tirz Rabbeinatam, his answer is, If they are not traveling together, each one is going on his own mission, then we say there's no Din Kavit on the Derech. But if they're going as a group, then there is Kavit in the Derech, and they're going together, and the Rav is Be'emsa, God of Yimin, and the, the cotton the small um, of the Godel, um of the rap. So that's uh, that's Rabbeinu Tam's terrors. Depends on whether they're they're going together or not. And according to Rabbeinu Tam, even if they're not going together, but if it's Pesach, Haroel Mezuzah, then there's a Din Kavid, uh, even if there's Damin Lakach, that's where they happen to be together. The Me'iri has a different interpretation over here. He quotes the story. He says, he quotes, Upirshuk miktsas chach metzarfas, shelo amra ela chabed, shelo lechabed ela, bishezeh holech leinyano, vizeh leinyano. Avakol sheshneim holchim leinyan echod, all the while that even two are going on one purpose, they're traveling together, 
Right? Obviously, our case is just two. So the classic case is with three, and then you build that from there, but even with two. The gold will be on the right side, and the cotton will be on side small, the left of the gold. So that terrace that we saw in Rabbeinu Tam, the Meir disagrees with. V'li nire, says the Meiri, even though regular folk don't need to honor each other while in transit, that's only because if you didn't say that way, then people would constantly have to be readjusting as they're going and interacting with people in a busy marketplace and they walk with each other a little bit here and there, and they have to constantly be readjusting musical footsteps while they're walking. It's going to be very complicated. He says, But in a circumstance, all circumstance where the two people are traveling, and there is a really big gap between the two, there's no doubt that deference must be given to the Godel to allow him to proceed first. So, the Me'iri says a different tarot. It says when they're roughly in the same category in terms of Hilchus Kavid, then um, when they're traveling in a, in, a, in a thoroughfare, there's no need to readjust. But, if there really is somebody's mufursim, the as, as relative to chavero, then uh, he he always needs to show deference, even if they're not traveling together. So there's a bit of a different perspective that uh, conceivably you have kul and chumra, depending on which way you learn. When there's a chiyav kavod, when not, uh, right? According to Rabbeinu Tam, even if the yachid is mufursim al chavero. If they're not traveling together, there's no chiv to allow, allow them to proceed first, according to Rabbeinu Tam, uh, if they just happen to be going together. So you have uh, two interpretations. But in this case, uh, clearly, Rabbo Baravuna was a cut above in terms of Hilchas Kavit over Levi, the son of Ravuna Bachia, and, uh, and also... Rabbeinu Tam says that, that they are going together, so, so therefore uh, they're, they're traveling together. Th- that applies even if he wouldn't say that. And, uh, and this was his way out. What about that answer, though? We see it's, it's controversial. Do we really pass like Hanani or not? We saw other, in Rishonim, I don't know, but we saw, as we saw in the, the Me'iri, other than uh, the Ravid and these uh, some other Gdoli uh, uh, Catalonia, you don't have uh, you don't have most most Rishonim are paskening not like Hananya that even Shmir Yisera is going to be prohibited. Tana debei Menasya, Eiz Shachakakla Ben Karnel, a goat that has been uh, bored, uh, drilled into its um, into its horns, Yotzba Afsa B'Shabbos. It's allowed to go out with this halter on Shabbos. Boy, Rav Yosef, Tochav Rav Yosef wants to know what if uh, 
you don't have holes bored into its horns, but you have uh, basically a loop knotted in its beard. Can you use that loop to hold the this goat? Since if he pulls, it will hurt. It will not uh, proceed to do so, and it will effectively be a shmira. It will protect the goat from running away. Or sometimes do we say that it will loosen and fall out. And there's a concern that he may can't come to carry it for this, this rope once it's been uh, uh, dislodged, and, and once the knot in the, the goat hair has been uh, unknotted. So his, his rope that he was carrying, that he, that he was a leash, that he was using, whatever that is, is now in his hand. He may come to carry it. We don't have an answer to that. Uh, yeah. Seems the Raman's machmer. Okay. It's not awesome. Velo birtsua sheben kanel. So you have a Mishnah that a cow is not allowed to go out with uh, the the ritsua between its corn, uh, its horns, the uh, some type of string between its its horns. Amrav Yirmiya bar Abo, pliga bar Abo Shmuel. This is actually a subject of debate between Rav and Shmuel. Chad Omar ben Lanoi ben Lashemeh, also one of them to figure out which is which. One of them, Rav or Shmuel, says whether for beautification of this cow, whether for guarding the cow, it is prohibited. One says, for the purpose of beautification, it's prohibited, but for guarding it, it's permitted. So Rav Yosef says, he proposes, let's suggest that Shmuel is the one that says, that is prohibited for beautification, but for guarding is permitted. De Amr of Huna Barchia Amar Shmuel, Halacha Kechananya. As we saw it in the name of Shmuel, the Halacha is like Hananya, who says that Shmira Yisera is permitted. So, so therefore, Lashem Ermutter. Abayah says, no, just the opposite. Let's, let's presume and conclude that Shmuel is the one who says that it's also across the board, that it's prohibited for this cow to go out with a string between its horns, whether it's for guarding the cow or beautifying the cow. And this is the second time we have this story, that... Shmuel is bringing the story. They are learning the Mishnah before Rebbe. And they said, what if you have the animal switching? This animal with that, with, with that garment, so to speak, this protection, what happens? Mahu. Shmuel says the name uh, of his father. There are four animals that go out with the halter. The, the horse the mule, the camel, and the donkey. Is it not coming to exclude the camel with the added protection of the nose ring 
that's prohibited. It's only permitted for the white female camel that's flighty to go out with a nose ring. So therefore you see that Shmuel's bringing this story, we're presuming in the question, that he's um, along these lines. So someha mikmeha. And and if that's the case, if that's the case, so then Shmiri Sarah is prohibited. And that would be Shmuel's position, because that's what he quoted. What did you see that you want to erase this one before that one? You have two teachings. Erase the other one. You say there's a mistake? Who told you this one is the mistake? We have an explicit teaching, in the name of Rav. Whether for beautification or for guarding the animal, it is prohibited. And we have another explicit teaching that Shmuel holds that for beautification is prohibited, but for guarding is permitted, even though a cow doesn't need guarding, does not need the string, so it's Shmiri Yaseiro, and that will corroborate one part of the story. What we saw earlier, that Shmuel says, Allah is like Hananyo, and not the other part of the story where he's quoting at least that part, the Gemara was seeming to imply that Shmuel himself held that way, like what uh, what uh, the dichli was, what the what uh, the implication rather that Rabbi Shmuel, in the name of his father Rabbi Yossi, was that Yishmir Yisera is prohibited. Uh, and he, even though he quoted the story, you know, there's more to the story. He quotes Rabbi's dichli on that, so it sounds like he's holding that way. Meisve, Vekasha. Now we're switching over to discussion of paraduma. If somebody tied, the owner tied with the reins, his paraduma, it's still kosher. And if you would say that, that it is a masli, if it would enter into your mind to say this is called a burden, then why is this paraduma still kosher? Why is it eligible to be the paraduma? Pasuk says, cannot have a yoke go upon this paraduma, this red heifer. Cannot be worked at all. So this tide reins on, on this animal is not considered a, a burden. Amrachmana. Amrabaye. Abaye says, the case where it said that you are allowed to tie this paraduma, the red heifer, with these reins on the horns, which is typically shmiri aseira, it's, it's overkill, it's more than a cow needs for guarding it. The case where we say it does not invalidate it for becoming the red heifer to achieve purity is when you tr- in transit from city to city. When the cow is out of its element and it goes from city to city, then it does require extra protection. Rashi says, In this context, from city to city, it's not called overkill extra protection, more than needed. This is the way it's done when going from city to city. Rava offers another terrace. Rava Amar, shiny para didamayakari. You know why it's different? It's a para aduma. And a para aduma 
needs extra protection because it's so expensive. From its birth. From birth already. Why do we say from birth that it needs extra protection? Interesting Rashi. Meaning just say that it's it needs extra protection. Yes, if, if an, uh, a burden, uh, a yoke goes upon it from birth, it is uh, an extra burden. But why is it important to mention? So I don't know, but I would suggest a possibility that it's coming to, perhaps, I don't know, I wonder, I have to know, what is the case if it's before birth? What if the paraduma is a, a fetus and the, there's a yoke on the mother and then it was born? So would you say that since it's a paraduma, it does need extra shmira and it's okay? Tzmashman Rashi, you know, it only needs extra shmira for birth. But the extra shmira it gets as a fetus is called working the animal. That's, that's perhaps, perhaps, I don't know why Rashi's adding in from birth. How do you know, how do you know that the baby would be a, um, a How do you know of what? If the baby would be a paradigm. Maybe you don't know. When it's born, you'll see it's paradigm. We have another teretz, Ravin Omar bin Moredes. Simple teretz. This red heifer is a wild red heifer, so it needs extra protection. Now, according to Ravina, that previous story with Levi asking, what about, what, what about this type of chamar, this wild donkey that's running up ahead? Am I allowed to use the extra iron bit? So, according to this teretz of Ravina, so the answer is yes. Even without coming on to paskening like Hananya, it says it is extra protection, but who cares? We don't care. No, since it's Moredes, so even though the general species of Chamor doesn't go out with Prumbia, a regular Chamor will have Afsar, just a regular halter, but this one that's wild needs more, fine, no problem. Just like this para, normal para doesn't need this uh, Mosera between the horns. But a Moredes does. Hasus Bishir, the next part of the Mishnah. So we saw Hasus Bishir, Bishir, Yotzin Bishir. All these uh, animals can go out with their collar. And it says Yotzin Bishir, Vinim Shachim Bishir. Go out with the, the collar and the, the uh, leash and can be pulled with this collar and leash. My Yotzin Bishir, Shachim. What is this? What are this uh, two things? Amar of Huna, Oyotzin Kruchin Onim Shachin. Either the animal can go out with the leash wrapped around its neck, Onim Shachin, or it can go out with the owner holding the leash or this this uh, rope. That's what Rav Huna says. Shmuel says, you only have one option. You can only go out holding the leash, but you can't wrap it around the neck. If you wrap the leash around the neck, or the rope around the neck, that's going to be considered a burden. Rashi says, with 
the ritsua, the strap, wrapped around the neck. Ochza, even though he's not holding on to it, lav masui, it's not a burden. Delinoi nami because it's also beautification for the animal and it's standard. So Rashi's again resurrecting noi, which is kind of shocking, because after the sugi we just saw. Rav and Shmuel, we had a debate who says what, but both held that for Noi is Aser, for beautification is prohibited. The whole debate was for Shemer, Shemir Yaseira, yes or no, by the, by the Para, which doesn't need the extra Shemira. But for Noi, both said Aser. Why is Rashi over here saying for Noi? Amazing. It says Orchayo, since that's the way it goes, it's permitted. Metosus disagrees with Rashi. He quotes, O Yotzim Bekruchim, Pirish Bekuntris, Demechavin Linnoi. The intent is for beautification of the animal. Bechem Pirish Masisim. This Rashi is the same Rashi that started up with us back in the Mishnah, that also said by, by certain animals that go with the collar, for Noi. He says, Chayz Ketanos Shinos Nashir Litzavoram Linnoi. It's the same Rashi. Bekoshel Rashba. Hey, we just had a Gemara that says Noi is us according to everybody. So why is Rashi resurrecting Noi? This is a great question. How is Rashi doing this? We just have a Gemara that seems to invalidate Noi across the board. The animal cannot go out with Noi. But Rashi does say an important ingredient. What is critical for Noi to be mutter as a beautification of the animal is permitted? It has to be the derech. It has to be the way the animal goes. If that's the way the animal goes, even if it's not for shmira, it's not protecting the animal, but it's just how the animal goes regularly, it's a beautification of the animal, that's permitted, says Rashi. Whereas clearly Rashi is going to learn the previous case was not urchayo. It might be beautification. That's not typical. I want to see who discusses this explicitly is the rat. The run is bothered by understanding Shita's Rashi. The run says, "The yotzin kruchim, yotzin nimshachim, both ways. Both whether the the strap is wrapped around the neck, which is not a shmira, or drawn, that that, it, that he's holding it like a leash, or reins." That also is permitted. How's it, how's it possible that Rashi is permitting for Noi? It's prohibited for a horse to go out with this adornment between its eyes. That you put it on the, the horse for beautification. Noi on a behema is prohibited. And also right here, the previous Gemara, for the cow, this strap between its horns, everybody says for beautification is prohibited. Yesh Loma, says the Ran, we have an answer. The beautification that is typical for it to wear during the week, that's permitted even on Shabbos. That 
that's not typical. Rather, some people do it at certain times. Because it's only some people some of the time, it's not standard. And even if those people do it, it's not all the time. So it's dressing up. So that's, uh, that's considered a burden. The Archashulchan says, posh it if it's something that is put on when it's working, so to speak. You have a, a horse that you put on some fancy feathers on when it's carrying a coach with you know, fancy people inside. So that's work clothes, even though it's a beautification of the horse. That's posh it aser. That's, that's called a burden. It only enters the discussion of noi being mutter when it's a beautification of the animal, even when it's not working. But yeah, so, so this idea that the Ran explaining Rashi, Urchayu, it's the, it's the derech, it's the way the animal goes, the Rashi uh, is more broad in the words he says, the derech of the animal, the Ran qualifies that a little bit further. The Ran says it needs to be something that's not rare, meaning it's not mixasanoshim, it's typical, it's standard, as a form of beautifying the animal. And it has to be done regularly, during the week and on Shabbos. If it's, if, if it's, you don't have to take it off for Shabbos, if you do it all the time. So a collar that has some extra ornament on it, even if it's not protecting the, the animal, if, t- if people do that typically, and uh, that's how the animal goes regularly, a person, the, the owner does not need to take it off for Shabbos. That, that would be clearly permitted according to the Ran and Rashi. According to Rashi, perhaps you'd permit even more. Rashi doesn't say this idea of mikzas anoshim. According to Rashi, you look at the animal perhaps. And just as Urchaihu, it's the derech of this animal. So if this, the owner of this animal always puts his, his dog in a sweater, so maybe that would be permitted according to Rashi, even though according to the Ran, it's only mikzas anoshim who have sweater dogs. That's, that's not typical for most people. So the Ran would say it's Osir. According to Rashi, Urchayu, you look at the animal. If that's the derech, that's the way this animal goes, because of his owner. So, so then it's, uh, it would be considered noi and permitted, according to Rashi. And both of them are agreeing, fundamentally, there is a heter of noi under the parameters that it's, it is uh, regular. Whereas when is it excluded... The, the Mishnah, this, this Limud, Rav and Shmuel both agreeing noise also when it's atypical and not, not done all the time. That's, that's for sure not going to be permitted uh, under the heter of noy. In terms of heter paskin, the Bach is machmer like Tosus. Right, Tosus, what does Tosus do over here? Tosus is, he's pushing against any type of noy. So, according to Tosus, there's no noi. What is the question of kruchin? So he's going to push to say that it means with a brisa. Let's see the brisa. So, yeah. B'masnisa tano, yotzen kruchin limoshech. Brisa says that the animal can go out with the... the uh, the rope around it, around its neck, in a manner that's able to be grabbed onto. So it's it's loose around the neck, and the owner is ready to grab it should the animal start trying to 
to escape, to running away. So therefore, it's a noy that is functional. It's not totally devoid of shmira. Kruchni moshech. Kruchim berevach, shiach lehachnes yodah ben akerach, letzaver, says Rashi, o yaniach me'at min achevel, she'im bos, livroach, yimarev yachzeno. If it does come to run, he can quickly grab onto it. So that would be a derech heter of kruchim. It would be permitted when it's wrapped around in such a manner that it would be uh, an, an added normal measure of protection. So, so yeah, Tosus uh, rejects any noy. The Bach rejects any noy. But the Moin of Ram doesn't. Moin of Ram is Matthew. Take a look. Moin of Ram says, Linoi, that's prohibited, Shulonarch Asers, Hainu Bemidi de Lav Urche. Like Rashi and Ram. Which Noi is prohibited? Something that's not typical. The Bach disagrees. Bach passes like Tosfus, She'osrin. And Mogneram is Mati. He says, a noy that is typical is permitted. Moving on in the Gemara. Amr of Yosef. Chazina luhu le'igle Rav Yosef said, I've seen that the calves of Ravuna's home, Yodzin Basarein, Kruchin Bishabas. They would go out with their, their halter, halters and the paraphernalia wrapped around their necks on Shabbos. Ki also of Dimi Amar Ravi Chanino, Molos shall base Rabbi Yodzin Basarein Bishabas. Ravdimi came, he said that Rabbi Chanino, in the name of Rabbi Chanino, that the mules. Uh, of base Rebbe, the house of Rebbe, would go out also uh, with their their uh, harnesses on Shabbos. And the question was, okay, what did you see by base Rebbe? Was it Karach or was it Nimshach? Was it they, they, they led them with the, the reins or was it wrapped around the, the neck of the animal? Toshma, come in here. Ki also Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda, Amar Rabbi Chanina, Mos shall base Rabbi Yotzos b'Avsarein kiruchim b'Shabbos. They were even wrapped around, which we saw is uh, a, a heter. It's an added heter. Kruchin is more is, is harder to be matin. Amrua Rabbanan kamei derav Asi, and they said it over. Rabbanan said it in front of Rav Asi. Hadar of Shmuel bar Yehuda, that which Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda said, that in the name of Rav Chanina, that the mules of Rebbe went out with their, their halters wrapped around them on Shabbos. And he says, Lo It's not necessary. We can derive that from the teaching of Rav Dimi. What did Rav Dimi say? He said that the most based Rebbe, Rebbe Yotzos Bafsa ran to Shabbos. We don't need the extra teaching of Kruchim. If you would have thought that Rav Dimi means only that he's, he's making noteworthy, newsworthy, that he went out carrying them, uh, like uh, pulling them by the reins, 
So that, that we could already derive from the teaching of Rav Yehuda in the name of Shmuel. And here for the third time, what did Rav Yehuda and Shmuel say? They asked Rebbe in learning the Mishnah, if you switch the animals, this animal with this type of protection, that animal with the other, switch and mix and match, what's the halacha? In the discussion, Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yossi, said, his father taught, four animals go out with the halter, the horse, and the mule, camel, and the donkey. So he says, no, it really is necessary. You cannot rely just on this teaching to presume that there's no news here, and that if it's noteworthy, it must be that when Rebbe uh, had his animals, um, they, they must have been kruchin, uh, wrapped around the neck. That would be Chiddush, but not Nimshachin. Why? If we would just have the teaching of Rabbi Yehuda, so that's Midrav um, Yehuda, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Nafka, Havamino, Amar Lafanov, Vilokible, Mine. I would have thought that yes, we had the story, but Rebbe did not accept what was taught. Kemash And therefore, it's necessary, Dravdimi, Ravdimi comes to teach you that Ravdimi saw uh, that Nimshachin. Uh, um, sorry, uh, what did Ravdimi say? He, he said that they went out and I would have thought that even 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 Nimshachim would be Aser. So even if they were pulled by the reins, I wouldn't know necessarily that Rebbe accepted the teaching of Rabbi Shema, the son of Rabbi Yossi, and maybe you wouldn't have accepted that teaching and said that these uh, mules can go out with the halter altogether. I would have thought that he said it, but it wasn't accepted. The Idra of Dimi, so that Rav Dimi comes to clarify that. The Idra of Dimi, if you just said Rav Dimi, I have a minanim in the Mishachim. Rav Dimi said that he saw, or it was seen, these mules of the house of Rebbe going out, um, but it didn't say clearly which way, if it was... The, the rope was wrapped around the neck or being drawn. And I would have said, that it just means that it was drawn but not wrapped around, which drawn is a smaller chiddush. But Rebbe did not permit wrapping it around. It comes to teach you both teachings between the two. We know the base Rebbe was permitting uh, the mules to go out with the halters and even having the strings, the, the rope, or the, the reins, wrapped around the neck of the animal, and he was not concerned. So yeah. Any, uh, any kashas? Good? Okay, all right, batzlacha.